Welcome to All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time. Our show offers a friendly conversation with inspiring individuals in the autism community. All Autism Talk is brought to you by the Learn It family of companies, including Autism Spectrum Therapies, Trellis Services, and Desert Choice Schools, helping all children succeed in school and life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Autism Talk. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, Vice President at Autism Spectrum Therapies, part of the Learn It family of companies, and we are service providers. We're out there providing therapy to kids with autism and other related disorders uh, every day provide services to actually now over 2,000 kids, which is pretty amazing when I sit and think about it and um, and all the different people we get to talk to and interact with and, and help. Um, you know, today's show is what I'm really excited about. Uh, this is something we just recorded a little while ago, uh, just a couple of days ago, and it was a really interesting um, conversation to have. One of one of the more interesting ones, I think, because um, we got a chance to speak to someone on the spectrum who has a lot to say. And you know, one of the big takeaways I have, which I think you'll you'll hear loud and clear, is you know that firsthand account that. This is how I feel um, and how powerful that is versus, um, you know, people like me and, and, and other people saying things for someone on the spectrum. You know, we, we all unfortunately have uh, many op- situations where we have to speak up for somebody else, and it's, it's refreshing and it's amazing to be able to hear someone's own voice. Um, I think sometimes we forget just how impactful and how important uh, self-advocacy really is. Um, and today, I think I'm going to be joined by, or I know I'm going to be joined by a really powerful self-advocate who, who really has a lot of really important things to share with us. So today we're going to be joined by Michelle Smith, and, and Michelle is the subject of a brand new documentary out there called Best and Most Beautiful Things. Um, this is probably something that's a, a new film to many of you out there. Um, I know it was it was brand new to me, but in the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of great um, articles and publicity around this film. In fact, it's um, just in the process of opening up in some select cities across the country, and will be making its way to a lot of our um, favorite and most popular viewing destinations like Netflix um, in in the months to come. Um, so, you know, we have a really great opportunity to speak to Michelle and uh, the star and the subject of this film. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm glad um, to be so here. We are really glad to have you. Um, you know, we you've got so much going on um i know your 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 film your documentary that you're the subject of actually just was featured here in los angeles i think like less than a week ago um yeah. i'm curious how how did you get involved in being the subject of a documentary well that's interesting um for pretty much my entire life i've always had this thing about you know i just like to go up and say hi to people Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, unfortunately when I was a kid, I wasn't very good at it because I would overwhelm people. I'd just come up to them and start talking real fast. Yeah. Uh, but in high school at Perkins, uh, that's when I really started making friends. So I gained a lot of confidence in my social skills. And one day I was at a party at Perkins. People were singing and dancing and playing music and 
I saw this guy sitting off by himself, and I said, well, mm-hmm. that won't do. So I went up to him, and I said, hello. And it was Garrett, um, the director of the film. Wow. And he had already been working on a project about Helen Keller that eventually evolved into the film. But uh, he was like, hey, I'm making this movie about Helen Keller, and I wanted some, because uh, she went to school at Perkins, I wanted some modern Perkins students to mm-hmm. be interviewed to sort of see how, you know, things have changed and stuff. Sure. And uh, he's like, would you want to be interviewed? And I said, yes. And every time he put the camera on me, I had so much to say that it seemed like every time we were done, because I had to go do something or he had to go do something, uh-huh. uh, he was like, hey, well, let's do this again. And so they ended up having way more film of me than of any other student. And um, as more and more people got involved with the film, mm-hmm. uh, more people were like, hey, who's that girl? Let's see more of her. For the life of me, I don't know why, but I was always happy to be interviewed because I was always happy to have Garrett over because we became fast friends. Wow. And so that's basically how it happened until eventually it transformed into this totally different thing, this movie about my life. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it, it's, it's pretty crazy, um, but... You know, honestly, I love it. I absolutely, I love the way the movie turned out. I love um, getting to meet awesome people all over the the states and even all over the world mm-hmm. who uh, love uh, the film. My favorite thing is hugging fans. <laughs> like when someone comes up to me, and they're like, "Oh, I love the film." I'm like, "Hey, you want a hug?" Wow. You know, the film. You know the, the the parts of the of the the trailer, the parts of the, the what I've I've learned about the film. I mean, it, it, you you learn pretty quickly. You you don't hold back. You know, there there is a lot of you and what you're about and what you're thinking out there, and and things that we oftentimes like like your you know your your attitude towards sex and your interest in in you know, just life and, and wh- who you are and what you're looking to become or who you're looking to become, I should say, you know, it, it's all out there. Was that ever intimidating to kind of be that open with everyone? Or has it ever been intimidating now that, like you're saying, you have all these fans who you're meeting and they know so much about you um, while you don't know anything about them? Um. No, actually, that's great because I love asking people about them, and it makes it quicker because they they already know my name and a lot yeah. of my story. I'm happy to answer their questions, and I'm happy to talk about like um, to talk about the things that I the things that I like and stuff like that. But that's like the best thing about meeting. That's one of the best things about meeting fans, besides the copious amount of hugs that I get, <laughs> is the. Um, you know, the fact that they already know about me, so I get to ask them uh-huh. about them. Cool. I, it, it, makes things, it makes things go quicker. But, no, me being just like that, you know, you, you really got it right. I don't hold back. Uh, yeah. That's just the way I am naturally. It's actually, it takes a lot more effort for me to, you know, hide things about myself and hold back than it does for me not to. For me, I would rather shout my feelings from the rooftops than hide them all inside. Yeah. 
And I kind of am doing that with the fact that there's this film out that's had a theatrical release and is going to be on iTunes, Netflix, and PBS talking about my sex life and, you know, all my interests and things like that. You know, in some ways I feel like it's actually very freeing. I feel like, hey, this is out there. If someone someone sees the film that I know and doesn't Mm -hmm. like that, well, that that makes it really easy for me to let to let some people go who mm-hmm. weren't going to be very good friends or family yeah. members anyway because they don't want to they can't even look me in the eye after they see the movie to which I sure. say, well I can't ever look people in the eye so yeah get used to it <laughs> um, just because of my vision I can't right um, and. You know, yeah, it's it's very freeing. I feel very much like I, you know, I, I helped to set something in motion, and now I'm just watching what happens, and I'm, for the most part, I'm very happy with what's been happening. There That's have been great. a couple people who just don't understand the film, even after they watch it, and talking to sure. them is like talking to a brick wall, but for the most part, I feel like I've changed some people's minds and stuff. It's, it's crazy, um, and I love it. You know, were there specific things, you know, like I said, and, and you've mentioned there's a lot of topics you cover throughout the film, and, and um, are there specific things that you went into this saying, I want to make sure I show people this part of me, or I want to make sure I address this this topic because I think it's you, you thought it was important for people to see that? Well, I definitely feel like talking about confidence and mm-hmm. talking about loving yourself mm-hmm. and that it's and to, you know, celebrate the things about yourself and, you know, and and to not not feel like you have to be just like everyone else and things like that mm-hmm. was very powerful to me and also like to treat others well even if they're different from you. Yeah. Um that that those are very important things, and they've been very important things for a long time. That's great. The um, it's yeah, but also talking about my special interests was something mm-hmm. that I couldn't avoid. It just it just came out of me. It's like a little. It's like uh, you know those um those aliens from the alien movie that burst out of your chest. It's like yeah, that. Yeah. It's like I'm talking, I'm trying to talk about like serious topics and then boom, anime. Right. I, but but that's who you are. You know, that I, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure and, and, we wouldn't you know, be seeing you otherwise. I would be ashamed of the fact that it was I was so passionate about it until until I was around people who didn't think that it was a bad thing. Mhm. I mean, is is that not, is not that, that everyone in my family thinks it's a bad thing. My my dad's great. Um about stuff like that. He's he's never really shamed me about liking mm-hmm. different things. As, as as you said, you've met all these different fans. Uh, I'm I'm assuming a lot of your fans probably share your interest in anime or, or share some of your oh, special yeah. interests. Oh, yeah. That's, that's one of the other things I love about meeting fans is because a lot of them like a lot of the same stuff that I do. They like a lot of the same TV shows and anime mm-hmm. and, you know, um video games and, like, YouTube, YouTubers mm-hmm. and things like that that I do. 
you know, going going back kind of away from the film for a second and talking a little bit more about maybe your background and 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 earlier stages of your life you know one of the things that jumped out at me is you know as you mentioned to to our listeners um you're blind as well as diagnosed with Asperger's um I, you know mm-hmm. I find I find that really interesting because I I I found a number of individuals who are blind um, who who are on the spectrum tend to have a hard time getting diagnosed. The the vision um, tends to impede some of the diagnostic process, particularly for older individuals I've worked with. Um, what was it like getting diagnosed? You know, when did you get diagnosed, and what was that that like? I got diagnosed when I was ten. So my brother, like when I first found out what it was, I thought it was something mm-hmm. that I was that was I was going to die from because people didn't explain it very well. Um, and then my brother started calling it Asperger's syndrome, which you know they probably meant it to be insulting, but honestly, it just made me laugh. Mm. Um, I was very confused about it, but once I realized what it was, it did help me mm-hmm. to have a name to put to you know what it was that I I had because you know, of course, for my entire like childhood, kids in my school mm-hmm. and my brothers would say that I was retarded, which, of course, is a terrible mm. word that makes me cringe when I say it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yuck, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that should be censored more than ass draggers. <laughs> right. Oh, I was like, wait, am I? Like, not that, like, and, and trust me, I'm not trying to insult people who are mel- mentally challenged. Sure. But I thought that, you know, like the R word has like a whole other connotation to it. It doesn't just mean mentally challenged, especially nowadays. Right. It means it just means there's something wrong with your brain. And I right. was like, is there something wrong with my brain? Like I didn't, I I couldn't figure it out. I was like trying to do the math in my head. Like, but I'm like good at school. I'm good at you know writing and reading mm-hmm. and you know math and stuff like that. Why am I, you know, like why don't I have any friends? Like why am I why am I so different from everyone else? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was definitely a, a you know big deal for me. But, you know, as I get older and I found other people with autism and I found out how how not alone I am, now what bothers me more is when people tell me that I don't have autism. Really? You know, when people say, like, do you actually have autism? Like, were you tested recently? I'm like, you know whoever ever asks me that? Other people with autism. <laughs> wow, uh, you know, you're you kind of along some of the lines you're talking about, you know, in in with your brother and different people, you know, I mean, you grew up in rural Maine and um I know I know rural New England pretty well. I I spent some time out there myself. And it's, you know, there's there's so many great people there, but you don't have exposure to the same resources. Um I, I've been in parts of New England where, in these small towns, people can be incredibly welcoming, and then at times people are just like less educated. So they can be really welcoming, but also be less informed or, or less aware of autism because there's just not the same resources, information out there. Um, and so I was probably out in New England around the time you were getting diagnosed. You know what? What was it like growing up in in more of of, of that type of setting? Were, were people, you know, outside of your family, were people understanding of autism? Were they understanding of you know the dynamic of being blind and being on the spectrum? Um, you know, what what was that like living in that part of the country? 
There's a, um, well, I'm going to, for anyone who hasn't seen the film, this is a little yeah. bit of a spoiler, but okay. I feel like it stands on its own. Sure. There's a scene in the film where I go to confront one of my old, uh, like, teachers of the visually impaired who had taught many people with multiple disabilities, mm-hmm. but um, her her primary, but like, her primary sort of um, area of expertise was blindness. Mm-hmm. And we had been in the same room together at a meeting, and I had... I had been reminded about, you know, getting a cane, and I turned to my O&M teacher, and I was like, oh, oh, Bill, I need a cane. Uh, do you, and I was going to say, like, do you know where I can get one? Um, mm-hmm. But before I could say that last part, so it just sounded like, I need a cane. Like I was, like, like ordering him. Right. Um, but, of course, if, he, if, if I had been allowed to finish my sentence, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have seemed like that for maybe half a second. Um, sure. But then my teacher, Lori, uh, the one who I confronted, was like, oh, we've, we've gone over this, Michelle. Puh, 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 puh. Like trying to get me to say please. Like, I'm not five. And right. she was like tapping my hand, and I yanked my hand away and said, I said, stop patronizing me. And then for the next ten minutes, everyone else in the room was telling me how I could have dealt with that better, which did not make me feel any better, of course. So I confronted mm-hmm. her. Um like weeks after when the film crew was around. So the film crew was there. Lori knew she was being filmed. And when I said to her, hey, that really bothered me, and I know I could have dealt with it better, but that was like the final straw. I've been dealing with a lot of this stuff from a lot of people, a lot of people being mm-hmm. patronizing and condescending to me. And, and she says, okay, well, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but... Let me tell you how it is from my perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not you. It's the autism speaking. So I don't take anything you say personally. It was basically like she was saying, you have, you have a disability, so your words hold no weight. Doesn't that sound terrible? Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just reminds me of... anyone who thinks it sounds terrible. Well, no, I think a lot of people, I mean, we've, we've spoken to it, and I've gotten to know a lot of people on the spectrum, and I feel like there there's... It, what, what strikes me is like the the separation. Like I, I, it almost is her own coping strategy, not a real reflection of who you are. I mean, because oh, you, absolutely. How do, how do we it's, separate? I have autism. Autism doesn't yeah. have me. I mean, the, the part of it that that hits me is it almost implies that autism is a bad thing. It, yeah. it, it's basically saying that's a bad thing, and. You know, it's. I think so many people, and I'm sure you've met tons of fans who are telling you this to you is, you know, and and you yourself are this. Like, I have friends on the spectrum, and they've completely embraced who they are. Like, autism is not oh, separate. I do too. This is who I am, and it's no different than, you know, I have quirks. We all have quirks, or we all have these things about ourselves that that just make us different, and and it's almost. It's becoming time to celebrate those differences, not to say, well, you know, this is the bad parts of me are the autism side, and the good parts of me is me. Oh, no, trust me. I understand as well as yeah. anyone that, you know, autism is a thing that can be isolated and cured or something like that. It's, you know, it's the way my brain works. It's, 
and yeah, I love myself, and so you know, I love, I love myself, and I love my autism. But yeah. telling me, like, by someone who does think that autism is a bad thing and something that needs to be, like, therapied out of you or something like that, that's Lori. Her saying, that's not you, that's the autism speaking, so I don't take anything you say personally, it's, 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 very, it's very offensive. It's like saying you have a disability, so your words hold no weight. Do you understand why that was upsetting to me? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you, you just, you just Sorry, I'm not, I'm not really... trying to like start an argument with you. I was just making sure that I oh, communicated yeah. properly. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, you're great, yeah. Michelle. I mean, I, I'm with you. Thank you know, you. you, you, you said something though that I'm, I'm really curious about. You know, it's the, um, you, you made that comment, the therapy, the autism out of you, and, mm-hmm. and I'm curious. You know that. You know, for that 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 got me thinking. You know, you said a couple of things that have kind of got me thinking, and I'm almost like taking a moment to be like, hmm, like how how am I as a as a therapist? You know, as a an ABA therapist, as a BCBA who does therapy, you know, it gets me thinking about how I approach the the world, how I approach working with my clients, and how I kind of talk to parents, and you know that that idea of Autism is something to be cured. Autism is something to, to be therapied out of you. You know, I, clearly, you know that is kind of the the analogy we have for this individual. I'm curious have you have you found good teachers, therapists, groups that kind of take the other approach? And and what what did you kind of get from them that is more on that other side of like let me embrace. You know, this is not a bad thing. This is maybe something to learn from, to embrace, to to kind of um, kind of become a bigger part of my life. You know, were, were there kind of key people, therapists, teachers, et cetera, who who helped you with that? It's more. It was more meeting other people on the spectrum. Mm. Meeting other people on the spectrum and realizing that I'm not alone, and that gotcha. this is just. It's a. It's a you know, a difference. And the real disability is that other people see it as a bad thing, sure. other um, neurotypical people. So it's mm-hmm. more, I, I see it as more of a, a disability of perception as opposed to a disability of the mind. Um, mm-hmm. But I have um, and perception on the, on the part of other people, uh, yeah. not on the part of people who are on the spectrum. And, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a disability of society. Um, I... That's the thing. Is that's how I became comfortable in, in being myself. Mm-hmm. Is because and, and became you know embracing of my autism. Is that I have I had I had been around other autistic people and I felt like I was like an alien from another planet who found sure. who like found my 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 people. You know. Yeah. It was you know, it was a it was a great it was a great moment. But I'm curious, like that's I would never expect to hear any of those things out of the mouth of it of an ABA therapist. Like in my experience, ABA therapists are, you know, have been in the in the past. In my experience, part of the problem. But you seem like a really good person and like someone who doesn't try to, like, who doesn't have who whose ABA doesn't doesn't stand for. Normal lessons, which I don't know how it stands for that because it's completely yeah. different letters, but you no. know what I mean. 
I know I, I, I know all too well what you mean, which is um, I think that's kind of the, the, the problem with ABA at times as well as a lot of autism therapies is um, I, I, I think the idea of I, I think the idea of any diagnosis, any type of thing, you know, we, we look at lots of different diagnoses out there that impact, you know, social cognition, you know, this broader spectrum, you know, and, and autism is not a cognitive disorder. It's, it, it falls more on the social realm. You know, you're, you're not going to cure that. And so if someone has a deficit, I teach them, not cure it. You know, if someone is you know, if someone needs to work on how to make friends, we work on how to make friends. We don't work on curing autism. Like the two yep. don't go hand in hand to me. It's someone needs to be taught and needs help, and you go and help them. No different than you would help, you know, I have a daughter, and I'm going to have to work and be a good teacher and, and father to my daughter and teach her so many things over the years. Well, same thing is true with any child with autism. Same thing is true with any child. We have to we have to teach. Um and I think sometimes we lump these things in together. Um, but something you said and that got me thinking is, you know, it, it almost is like, and, you know, it's, there's, there's I, too many people in essence, too many people like me, too many people who, you know, are talking about autism who don't have a diagnosis of autism, you know, and, and it's part oh, of the nature of, what, sorry, what's that? No, I, I'm not. You're, oh, no, 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 I'm I thought, not. I thought you were, not because, like, I got any, like, sense of oh. you being on the spectrum from us talking, but more, like, because you have a podcast about autism, I thought, I thought like, oh, you must have autism. But, like, no, absolutely, like, a, you know, neurotypical people, you know, like, yeah. you know, they need to learn about autism, too, so, like, why not? Right. <laughs> Well, it's, it's all third-hand, you know. It's all it's all people saying from a third-hand perspective. This is what this other person must be going through, and, and and yes, part of the problem is that there's, you know, there's so many kids with autism who can't express what's going on. They don't have maybe the language, the communication skills, to give that perspective. But it's almost like we, because so many kids can't express, we disregard the voices of people who can. And we, you know, there's yeah, too many people, like I said. Yeah, and helping a lot with that because there are a lot of nonverbal people who can use, like, the text-to-speech things. Absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's great. And, and, and that was something we were actually just talking about on our, on our previous show, about getting more of those voices out there. Um, but it, it's just interesting to kind of hear, you know, some of these differences because I think, you know, and I think your teacher is probably a great example of someone who has spent so many years listening to third-party accounts and probably just not enough time listening to other people like yourself to say, no, 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 here's what I'm going through. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling. Um, you know, therapists can tell you whatever they want, and, you know, I have experiences that I can reflect upon or share, but that doesn't match for the perspective of that person. You know, it's not a replicant. It's not, it's not equivalent to it. Yeah. One thing that I'm also curious about, and and I don't know if you go into this in the film, but you know, statistically speaking, um, one out of every six kids with autism is female. The majority are 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 men, they're males. You know, 
do yeah. you do you have is there do you think there's a difference being a woman um in terms of maybe like just how people perceive you being on the spectrum how people treat you by being on the spectrum you know is there a, is there a gender difference yes um i think part of the reason that only one out of six um one out of six of people with autism is female is the fact that it's underdiagnosed amongst mm. uh girls and women the the symptoms are very generally speaking different women with autism um tend to be and again like i just want i want anyone who's listening to this to have the word generally in their mind in big bold letters because of course i'm not talking about every woman every man you know mm-hmm. gender is it's it's not it doesn't work that way you know women with autism tend to be more social um mm-hmm. and i imagine that i get asked like, do you really have autism? How recently have you been diagnosed? A lot more than a lot of my my male friends on the spectrum do. Um, mm-hmm. Because of that, because of the fact that I'm so social and I don't, and I love hugs and stuff like right. that. <laughs> People don't, you know, it's like it affects everyone differently. It's, you know, yeah. it's it's not one of the things that makes me want to punch punch things sometimes is when I hear, oh, that um, that special ed student or that, you know, that person, that person on the, on the spectrum or wh- whatever, they're just being a brat. They can help it because my sister is on the spectrum and she's nothing like that. Oh, yeah, so totally just discount everyone else's experience because your sister can do this thing and do that thing. It's like, no, it affects everyone differently. Yeah. Well, I think that's become a big misconception is th- that if you have autism, you must not be social. Because some of the most, like, like you're saying, some of the most social and friendly and warm people I've ever met are individuals with autism. Yeah. And it's it's become, again, I think it's one of those things of we go off of, okay, here's this news story told by a third party and there's not enough people saying here's who i am i'm on the spectrum and this is who i am what i'm like let me give you one voice because you know obviously there's a lot of a lot of others but now you can hear from different voices and we're we're just starting to get that with you know with films like your documentary and and a few other things that are happening out there i um do you do you know about the organization autism speaks of course what do you think of them you know, I, I know right now there, there's a lot. I, there's a lot of good things I think they do. I, I've heard a lot of the criticisms, and you know, a, a lot of what people say makes sense. You know, I, I, I do sometimes w- wonder. You know, are they in touch with the day-to-day grassroots? Um, the flip side is I know they've done so much great work with the, you know, there's a lot of laws out there that they have been huge advocates for. So I find myself really on the fence. Like I see, I see the good they do. And then I also hear the criticisms from parents who say, you know, I live in this town and I need help. And, and how can you help me? And, and not always getting the answers. So I'm torn. I got, I got to be honest. I'm really torn. Do you want, as it do you want to so. hear my criticisms? Sure. Okay, so first of all, until very recently, their primary objective was to find a cure for autism. They've mm-hmm. also been big advocates of the of the anti-vax movement, which is pretty much um, based right. around the idea that 
vaccines cause autism, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Also, they they only ever talk about kids with autism, not adults with autism, as if, you know, there's no such thing as an adult with autism. Plus, they have um, they have hardly any, if any, autism, uh, autistic people on their on their board or mm-hmm. in the company. It's like if there was a if there was a if there was an organization called Women Speak, and they um, and their whole point was to find a cure for being a female, and mm-hmm. thought that being a female was caused by some random thing and had no women on the on the board of directors. Sure. It's it just seems very patronizing and it, like not really genuine. Plus, look up the commercial "I Am Autism." It's absolutely abhorrent. Mm. I don't know if I. I don't Sorry, know if I've seen I don't that commercial. mean to like make this whole no. thing negative. I just well, this is a you know you're... this is like an autism based you know podcast and you know I I I don't want to be negative and I don't want to come on here and just be like sure. you know yelling at you. That's not what I'm meaning to do at all. I want this to be oh, no. to be happy and good, but I also want everyone to be like on the same page. That doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. That just means exactly. I want to have the same information. Well, I think I think you make a good point. It, we have to be open to dialogue, and we have to be willing to hear yeah. things and say things that may not be something we like, but we have to be willing to listen to it. And as long as we are all respectful to one another, we're not getting personal, we're not you know slinging mud at each other, but having an honest dialogue. And I think the points you make are are all are fair. You know, I mean, I have. There's a lot out there when you look at the vaccines. There's been a lot of news out there. There's been a lot of publicity about the research and, and how um, there's a lot of just you know, fraudulent data out there. The New York Times did a big expose on that a, a number of years ago, as have some other publications. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things. And I think where we get where it's hard is that because we have so few answers – you know, I, I, I can I can empathize. You know, I, I've had families ask me, what do you think about vaccines? And here's what I'm thinking about doing. And the thing that I can empathize with, at least in my personal situations, is this is not someone who is asking for bad reasons, these questions. They're asking the reason, these questions because, you know, I think so many people, particularly parents, are searching for answers. And it's so – I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm sure – the thing that that I've heard a lot from people, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, if to a degree, like this impacted your family as well, or this, or speaks to your parents as well. It's like where your mind is at when your child is three or four is different than when your child is as twenty, you know. And and that's probably a, a statement true for every parent, actually. But that's what I've heard from a lot of families. Is you know. At three or four, we were asking all these questions about vaccines. At 20, my conversation is like, yeah, 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 let's not talk about vaccines. Let's talk jobs. Let's talk school. Let's talk independence. Let's talk adulthood. I think some of the things that you're talking about that you wish Autism Speaks spoke more about because it impacts everyone is going to get there. You know, whether you're there now or you're going to be there in 20 years, everyone is going to be there and have these issues that they're going to have to talk about. I just want to say the only, um, you know, peer-reviewed study in mm-hmm. in a scientific journal that's ever said that that vaccines do cause autism was in um, 
I forget if it was the late 80s or the early 90s, it was Andrew Wakefield, who right. um, he only had, there were only 12, 12 people in the study, which is a very small, um, a very small number, a very yeah. small sample size. And, and later he was like, his, he was like disbarred, like his, his stuff was proven wrong and he was a, yeah. he was like a fraud. And yeah. like scientists, because of so many people believing that vaccines cause autism, scientists have been, you know, wasting money for years recreating the, um, those, ex- those experiments over and over and over again with much better, like, larger sample sizes, things like that, and it's always come up to be negative. Um, yeah. So, and, and that's why it really, it really bothers me is that, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, half of, like, you know, oh, some of them say yes, but some of them say no. The only one that ever really said yes was a fraud, so. You know, we, we, have, we have a little bit of time left, and, and I have a couple other things I wanted to jump into. Um, Absolutely. You know, one of the things I was curious, and, and, and you mentioned this earlier in, the, in, in our conversation, one of the things that I think is really great that you go into that I'm sure is going to be, you know, uncomfortable for some viewers, but I think this is like a good uncomfortable, is you talk about, you know, you talk about your sexuality. And yep. um, I, I think a lot of people forget that, you know, just like we're talking about, sexuality doesn't go away simply because you have a diagnosis of autism. Like that, they're not. Oh, absolutely like not. One... I mean, I know a lot of, um, you know, autistic people who are on the asexual, um, yeah. who are on the asexual sort of continuum, whether mm-hmm. they're completely asexual or they're gray A, you know, or they, they some of them are like aromantic or gray aromantic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know a lot of people who are very sexual right. people. You know, my boyfriend, uh, Ruben, he mm-hmm. is also on the spectrum, and he um, he and I were recently in New York for the, the theatrical premiere of, of Best and Most Beautiful Things, and I'm, I'm just going to leave that there, and everyone else can use their imagination, right. you know, two young right. autistic people in a hotel room, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely true. There are a lot of people out there who think that if you have a disability, yeah. um especially if you were born with a disability, that means you can't be you can't be sexual. Sure. But, like because either because they never really will see you as an adult or they see uh-huh. you as like a, you know, sort of like an angelic pure being. Um Mhm. Like if someone, I have I have stories to tell. Like I have stories to tell anyone who thinks that I'm an angelic, pure being. Uh, like and 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 I'm not going to tell them here because I don't want to give any. I don't want to scar any of your viewers for life. But I promise, all of them were consensual. Um, well, I guess my question for you was, you know, you you go into this, and, and I don't want to go into too much because I I I think yeah. this was. This was something that I think people will get a lot out of the film, you know, and this is yeah. some of the things that, you know, just looking at the trailer, you can tell this is going to be something interesting. This is going to be a different perspective that you don't hear in the CNN news story or in a lot of documentaries out there. So far, we're starting to get the idea of, you know, hearing more people of this is sexuality for me, this is love for me, this is kind of a romantic life, a, a life with a partner, et cetera, that, that 
more and more people on the spectrum are getting to share. What I was um, equally as curious, though, is, you know, I remember watching in the trailer, there was a specific scene um, where um, there, were, there was some sort of, of I think it was, I think you called it a flogger, some a sexual device yep. that you were talking about hiding underneath your mattress. And one of your concerns was... No, the restraints you know, were under my mattress. The flogger was in my closet. Okay. <laughs> well, I remember you talking about hiding things from your parents. And obviously, you know, you, you now, you're on the other spectrum. Forget hiding stuff from parents. Your parents, have, uh, I'm sure, have seen the film. The world is seeing this film. Like, it's the other end from hiding. It's like, it's out there. And, is yep. you know, I'm curious is... Um, is what, you know, again, we talked a little bit about the response. We talked a little bit about just kind of like how open you've been to, to share things. You know, was this something that you were really excited to ultimately get out there and share and give this perspective? And, and what has the response been? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who sex in general is like taboo. It's like we don't talk about that outside of the house. You know, we don't talk about that outside of our our, our bedroom, you know, as a, as a couple, you've taken the other approach. And so I'm, I'm just curious what, what that was like and what that's been like to have such an open dialogue about it as it relates to you and, uh, and your life. Well, first of all, I think the idea that sex is taboo is kind of ridiculous because none of us would be here without sex. And I know someone might say, like, you know, um, it's like, yeah, but, like, you know, in vitro fertilization, it's like, yeah, but that didn't exist back when the cavemen were having sex, and, you know, none of us would be here mm-hmm. <laughs> without yeah. sex. So that just seems very silly to me. It's like it's about as, you know, dirty as needing to, like, you know, eat food or something like that. It's like a, you know, you 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 have a you have a stomach, you get hungry, mm-hmm. you have genitals, you get aroused. So yeah, it's just it's a it's a fact of it's a fact of life and granted uh there are people who are asexual and I don't want to discount them but sure. for the majority of people, you know, sex is just it's a part of it's a part of life. It's a very fun part of life, but it's a right. part of life. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where as um you know, I'm sure there's that there's that generation before us. You know, it's 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 always that generation before you that wh- whether it's the perception or the reality is that there's a lot of folks out there who either are uncomfortable talking to the, that generation before or the generation before hearing about sex from from that younger generation that can sometimes be uncomfortable. I feel very lucky because. Um, even though a large number of my family members came to see it, mm-hmm. no one has been like no one has been hostile to me or confrontational. You know, either people I, I can't I can't read people's minds, but from all my family members and people who knew me since I was a little baby, they either um, they either loved the movie and got you know got over the whole sexual thing or loved it in spite of the sexual thing. So That's great. That's great. Yeah. You know, be, before we go, I'm just, you know, one last question for you. Is there, you know, th- there's so much here. If 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 there's one thing, you know, you're going to have all these different people coming to watch the film. There's people on the spectrum, not on the spectrum. Is there any one if there's if someone sees the film and only takes one thing away from it, like what is it that you hope at the at the very least they take away from the film? If, if harm none, do as you will. 
It's like an old, it's an old, like, pagan saying, and I'm not pagan, mm-hmm. I'm an atheist, but it basically means if you're not hurting anyone, who cares? Like, I mean, and, of course, then there's the caveat, the sort of joke caveat, and if you are going to hurt someone, at least have a safe word. It's like, if you're not, if no one's being harmed, why does it matter to you what other people do in the privacy? Sure of their own homes or in, you know, like anywhere that there's privacy. Like, the thing that really bothers me is when I see people online harassing people because, oh, you like anime? You're such a dork. Get a life. It's like, you get a life because we're enjoying ourselves. You're just getting angry. You know, be yourself and let others be themselves. I think I think that's great. I think that's an, an awesome message. Um, thank you so much for being here. It has been awesome talking to you. Um, there's just, you know, a lot of things you've given me to think about, and, and I'm sure all the people listening, you know, you've touched on so many different things that just, you know, as, as we were talking about, just giving a, a different perspective, a great voice, um, and, and just have a, an amazing story. And so I, I keep wishing you success with the film and everything else that you're doing. Oh, well, thank you guys for having me on. It was so much fun. Well, as I said to everyone, I think we really got a great, powerful, first-hand account and, and a really just great young voice to kind of fill us in on, on what she goes through, what she thinks. And I know that there's a lot of other people on the spectrum who probably feel the exact same way who we don't get to hear from. So it, I think it's even more important that we got to hear what Michelle had to say. Um, you know, one of the things that, that kind of hit me during our interview and during our conversation is, you know, there's some things, and, and Michelle said it, you know, that aren't necessarily the most popular thing or the most agreed upon thing out there. And I just think it's amazing that, you know, here's this person who is out in front of everything to say, I get it. You may not be comfortable having this conversation, but I want to have it because it's important. And I think what was so nice and refreshing to sit down and, and, and talk about all these different opinions, but that, most important thing is that we're having the dialogue. And, and I think that's the part of the show that has always been kind of my favorite. It's the thing that I want to kind of keep going and, and I'm always excited to, to do is, you know, we don't always agree. Like I, we don't always have the same opinions with whether guests or myself or me and guests. And sometimes we talk about things that we still don't quite understand, you know, conversation about autism speaks, you know, that is a subject that I think so many of you are having online. I know we've seen tons of Facebook quotes about it or posts. Um, I think Autism Speaks themselves has started to shift and respond, and I know I've seen some some press statements by them about how they're trying to reshift their focus. Um, but the same thing is true for other groups, um, shifting and changing their focus and listening to the feedback. And to me, the big takeaway is, how do we change? How do we move forward? How do we move in positive directions if we're not speaking up, if the feedback isn't being said? It's really easy to sit here and say, well, let's not talk about Autism Speaks. They're very popular and they're out there. And here we have someone who's saying, no, I want to speak up. I want to share my opinion because the feedback needs to get to them. They need to hear what a uh, person on the spectrum who is living with things feels every single day and thinks and, and is looking for. And that voice, I have no doubt, speaks for a lot of parents out there who are saying the exact same thing, thinking the same thing, as well as other self-advocates. So I think this was just another great example of just the type of dialogue we can have if we kind of 
sit down and really hear each other out. Um, I hope you guys are having a great end of the year. 2016 is, is almost come and gone. We're, we've got a little bit more time left, um, but I know we have a big 2017 ahead. There's a lot of big issues that are going to be facing our community um, from a, a public safety, a public policy, from a funding, um, legislative topics that are going to be out there, um, changes to how we deal with insurance, and most importantly, changes to how we look about one another, our services we're providing, what our kids need. So I'm really looking forward to a, a 2017 where we get to keep having these conversations, bring on a bunch of new guests to kind of keep you guys thinking and, and especially keep me thinking about what else is possible, what else is out there so that the services all of our kids get can be better. Hope you guys have a great week, great weekend. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of All Autism Talk. For additional information and resources about autism, visit www.learnitsystems.org backslash family. Know an inspiring group or individual we should talk to? We would love to hear more from you at more info at autismtherapies.com. Want to hear more? Listen to previous episodes at www.allautismtalk.com. All Autism Talk, connecting the autism community one podcast at a time.